This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about community. Hey, let's talk about community. This is something that is extremely important to us here at Wellhouse. Um, in a way, it is one of our values. Um, be relational. Be relational. Well, and be real. Yeah, so... Well, I think they go hand in hand. They do. They absolutely do. Um, we, we say all the time that in order to have true restoration, you first have to be real, be vulnerable in relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. And that leads to restoration. Yep. Um, it's a three-step process. But the one that is the most important is community. Um, and, and reaching restoration, right? Uh, well, I think for me, in John, John 17, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, they will know you and me in you. They will know me. They will experience me through the love you have for one another. Absolutely. That's what community is. Yeah. Um, and that that's why it community is a restorative act. Yes. Is because it reflects the love of Jesus. That's why it's an important conversation to have, right? Because I, community is just so important. And I was actually, you know what's funny? I was thinking about this this morning. We literally just came up with this idea to, to talk about community. Um, or Cullen had been thinking about it. Just like I say all the time, Cullen thinks about stuff and doesn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, um, yep. Yep. Uh, we just yep. we just decided to talk about community right before because we are coming off of alcohol and we needed to find something new. And I was thinking about this this morning. Mm-hmm. Community and relationships um, are probably one of the most important things to me. Community and relationships. Um. I was just thinking about like I take all of my relationships with every person very seriously. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that comes from the culture at Wellhouse, mm-hmm. um, or if that's just me being a six, right, and valuing yeah. loyalty or whatever. Um, but no, like yeah, I think that community is a fundamental piece in restoration, and you. I, I genuinely believe you can't have restoration without some form of community. Yeah, I think so. Um, because here's the deal. It, well, look, if restoration really does reflect the love of Jesus, and I think, you know, I heard, I saw a quote from Rachel Held Evans the other day. And I posted my story on Instagram. If you don't follow me, at Pastor Cullen, I try to make sure to post really good stuff um, on my stories. But she, she said, she said this, the apostles remembered what many modern Christians tend to forget, that what makes the gospel offensive isn't who it keeps out, but who it lets in. Mm. That right there is why community reflects Jesus because Jesus let anyone in. And and more so, Jesus let the rejects, the outcasts in, those that nobody else wanted. When Jesus healed a lot of different ways, but when he healed lepers, he touched them. 
Jesus did things for the outcasts, those who were oppressed, yeah. that made the gospel offensive because it let people into the community that shouldn't be there. Remember... By when, societal standards. Yeah. Remember, when Christianity arises, the Christians have community and this intense level of community because they're persecuted by everybody else. Yeah. It, it's not... I mean, we, we go through Constantine and then we get to the U.S. and... And Christianity becomes the thing that everybody is, but it didn't start that way, and it's not trending towards that anymore. No. I mean, at this point, according to the latest Gallup poll, less than 50% of people associate with any kind of religion. That's mosques, that's uh, synagogue, that's church, Yeah, any kind of religion. Well, and you know Why? I'm, this is a genuine question. I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are. I, I know, I know the answer. I'm just curious. Like, you know the the one that nobody else can answer. You got it. No, I've got like a, a pretty. You got a answer. You've I've got, got an, an idea. Answer. Got you. Okay, yeah, I've got an answer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's let's uh, let King Clayton here no, answer this one. <laughs> I've, I've got an answer that I have heard multiple times over. Um. Honestly. I think so. I'm reading a book right now by Rick Richardson, um, published by IVP. It's called "You Found Me," and he's a sociologist. And basically, what he's doing in the book is arguing that the worldview and construct, societal construct of millennials, unchurched and nuns, actually makes them more susceptible to a faith construct than any generation before. But they reject a faith construct, I think, um, because they see hypocrisy. So you used a bunch of academic words and you got very deep there. You're like, yes, I totally agree. Um, the, the one that I hear the most, and I'm going to... Um, Clayton hangs out with a lot of pagans, so yeah, I'm gonna bleep. I'm gonna bleep some words, um, because organized organized religion is effed up. Yeah, it's bleeped up. Yeah, yep. But why? Because hypocrisy. Because of because of power. Because it is people use it to abuse power. People use it to push their own narratives. People um, use it to, to push oppress, political agendas. To push political agendas, to oppress certain groups of people. Um, and none of those things are incorrect. No, and, and well, no, the problem is that the narrative is that they're not incorrect no, no, no. when they are. What I'm saying is, when I say that they're not incorrect, oh, those people, people saying yeah, those things yeah, they're not is incorrect. not incorrect. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and, it's be, and I say this all the time. The church has lost its ground because there were things that were unique to us for who we were and our values that were taken from us and or we just gave them away. And now culture does what we found our identity in better than we do. Yeah. For instance, there were several things that were ordinances of the church 
that are gone, that they're not, they're not the churches anymore. Yeah. Foster mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. healthcare. Yep. Uh, you go into the Texas Medical Center, I guarantee you majority of those hospitals are going to be named after denominations. Yep. St. Luke's, Houston Methodist, you know, I could go on and on and on. St. Jude's. Yep. Uh, that's because healthcare was provided by the church because we thought we needed to care for the needs of all people. Uh, the foster system, we're commissioned to care for the widow and orphan. And, and, and yet what? now evangelicals will shout from the rooftops that abortion is wrong, but how many evangelicals, you know, actually adopted? Yeah. Because we're hypocrites. Yep. Um, we, yep. we don't do the things that we claim we need to do. It's become about power, unfortunately. And look, I can be critical of my own tradition and movement because sure. I'm in it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't, I didn't jump ship. Yeah. I'm being critical from within. I mean, well, I'm, I'm sure I will have people call me after this podcast airs. It's like, hey, you're really hard on our movement. Yeah, I am. Because it's kind of messed up some of the things we do. Well, and remember the last episode, we said that we don't want to um, abolish our tradition. We just want reform. Um, I'm not who I am without my tradition. Yeah. Um, we just want reform. And, and this is one of the things we want reform. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Community, I want ref- I want reform within our tradition about community because the narrative thus far, and this is why all those people are hurt and say that organized religion is effed up. Because it's not about community anymore. Community was a Christian word and idea. Nobody was thinking in those terms other than Christians because we were oppressed. Yes. Well, and now, well, that's where I was going. You can go anywhere. I mean, the yoga community, the vegan community, the bearded community, name whatever movement or attire you can put on. Yep. And there's a community around. And it's even gone this far. Like you can have community pages within, um, YouTube subscribers. Yeah. Right. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, people are seeking and looking for what this word community actually means. Well, and, and they, they got that from the church, but, but we figured out that we didn't do a good job of fostering community. So now I hear people all the time say, well, I can find better community outside the church. If you hear that, it should break your heart because community is something that the church literally exists for to be a place of community. But because we let our motives get tainted by power, it's lost that allure. It's lost that value. And so now the easiest way you can see that it's about power is the churches that have the most people are the ones with the biggest building, mm. which also means it costs the most and they have the most staff. And it also means that it's the hardest to find community because yep. you're just another number in a sea of people. And that's why, you know, at least at Wellhouse, I have no problem if God chooses to bless us with a hundred, 200, 
wells. I have zero problem if God wants to move through us that way, because in order to be a part of Wellhouse Church, in order to be a well, you're going to have to have a pocket of community. Yeah. Nobody's going to come through Wellhouse that actually attends a gathering and not know somebody. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay if we're quote unquote big, but we're, we're big in small pockets. Yeah. We're big through micro. Yeah. I'm okay with that because we still have community. Yeah. Community's not lost in our model. If we ever got to a point where people were showing up and falling through the cracks, we'd be changing some crap. Well, and, and, so Cullen was just on a podcast with our uncle um, mm-hmm. talking about micro church and, um, and the director of digital church for stadia. Yes. It's a real good podcast. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Advancement podcast found on any platform. Really yeah. good. Go it was, listen. It was very good. Um, and so Cullen was on this, uh, on this podcast, Jeff Reed, that's Je- his name, yeah. Jeff Reed. Um, and they were talking about microchurch and talking about how so many people reject this idea of microchurch um, because it's, quote, not real church. When are you going to become a real church? Yep. You're just a Bible study, whatever. Yep. Um, no, this is church because restoration happens here. Yeah, um, I literally, I, I talked about you it on said that podcast. Ex- you but- said that verbatim and i just thought that was so good well i said what i said was it's real church because real transformation through the power of jesus happens here but i literally remember when i was trying to plant wellhouse i was talking to a pastor uh, of a pretty good sized church and he literally said when are you become a real church and i was like i'm not sure what he means he goes well what you're doing is not biblical and I was like, well, um, with all, not, all due not, respect. Yeah, with, with the most grace possible there, friend. Um, if we're going to hold biblical church to a high standard, I'm closer to it than you are. Yeah. Um, nobody owned a building in the Bible. No. They all met in homes. Uh, it was a very collaborative effort like we have here at Wellhouse. And, oh, by the way, Paul wrote letters, one specifically called Romans, to the house churches that are in Rome, which also meant he had his letter read, kind of similar to the way you watch a sermon and then talk about it. Uh, Actually, if you really want to get down to it, we're closer to biblical church than you are because... We're embracing focused around community. That's the deal. It's not about being big. Well, and I mean... We kind of touched on this already, but how many times have you walked into a church that you've never been in? You sat in a pew and had no one speak to you. Um, yep, um, many, many times. Um, how bad does that hurt? I've been to big churches and little churches where that happened. Yep, I've been to little churches where that happened. I say little, you know, less than fifty people. Yeah, um, that's just ridiculous. It's a, it's absurd. Le- less than fifty people. I should have had at least one person talk to me. Um, yeah. and like genuine conversation, not like the greeter. At the hey, door. how are you? Yeah. Yeah. Like a genuine conversation trying to get to know me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not counting the greeter. Yeah. Like people talk about that as like a, a, a contact point, but like that, that's not meaningful. Yeah. Cause everybody does that. It's moments like that where people can say, I can find better community outside the church. Did I go? Yeah, you're probably right. 
Yeah. I don't think that they're wrong. The narrative by and large is that when people are using the word community outside of the church, they genuinely mean it. And we don't really. Yeah. The church hasn't really. You can find community in a church if you look like, talk like, and smell like the rest of the people in that building. (laughs) But if you're any bit of different, you're not welcome, which goes back to the Rachel Held Evans comment. Yeah. Well, the reason the gospel is offensive is because it lets in those who don't look like you. That's what community is. That's what community should be. That's what we've lost in the church. Yeah. Um, There was this one... I almost used the word community incorrectly. Um, there was this one expression of gathering. church, this one gathering that I was a part of. Um, there was an African-American man that showed up. Mm. You remember this? Yeah, I, I was there with you. This you were day. there. Um, yeah. Dude left before the service even started. Oh, this is not the story I was thinking you were telling. No. No, we're going to have to talk off air about this. I don't think I remember this. Oh, we might be talking about the same story and just heard two different versions or saw it differently. Um, no, because I'm about to tell the story that I'm going to tell, but go ahead. Um, I was playing in the band that Sunday, and I never saw him once after he walked through the door. I never saw him again. And I was standing up there looking for him, and I didn't find him. So he must have left before service even started. I do remember that, yep. Because, and, he, and he never came back. And he never came back. Um, because he was one, and this is a reflection on the church, not this specific church, but capital C church, um, and how we're still heavily divided um, racially. He was the only one that looked like him. Yeah, hands down, the most segregated place in America is Sunday mornings. Yep. Um, He was the only one there that looked like him, Um, and I heard whispers. Yeah, well, somebody actually said something to him. Somebody did actually say something to him. Yeah. Um, Not about his skin color. No, just something but, derogatory that yeah, comes yeah, from yeah. an un, uh, like a, 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 an implicit I, bias, probably. Well, I, I say to the truest sense, because I know the person that said it, and, and I spoke to them, third person, so nobody knows sure. what's what gender I'm using, but after the fact, and it, it was genuinely just ignorance. Yeah. They didn't have the intention. They just, they said something. That they didn't realize. That they didn't realize what they were saying. Yeah. Anyways, this person left before service even started, and he never came back. Never came back. Um, I actually was in tears over that driving home. Yeah, um, really unfortunate. Because how can I say that I am a part of a community of Christians if this is how we act. Yeah, that's the differentiation I would make. You can you can be a gathering without being a community. Yep. You can't be a community without being a gathering. Yep. But just because you gather doesn't mean you participate in community. Yep. Um, at least in the truest sense. I mean, we're going to talk about it next week, but one of the passages where Wellhouse got its kind of inspiration we're going to look at next week um, in Acts 2 about what community is. But I was thinking you were going to tell a different story. 
our uncle um, of several years ago got married and he got married directly after his church service. Um, and we went to the church service because the wedding was directly this. after. And the reason was is because our uncle said that outside of his blood family, his family and friends were his church community. And so he wanted all of them to be there. Yeah. So he got married directly after the church service and paid for all of his church to go to the reception. Yep. Do you remember this? this? I remember this. And which I thought that was really cool. And this is a good sized church, over a hundred people. Yeah. Like definitely big enough that people could fall through the cracks if they wanted to. Oh yeah. yeah. But I'll never forget. Cause there's one black man. Dude legit looked like he was in a Versace overcoat. He called me Hercules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He sat on the front row. It's a white pastor. Everybody else in the building is white or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. He's the only black dude. Yep. But you'd have thought you'd have thought you were at Mount Pleasant Missionary Baptist Church the way that dude was going. Yeah, man. He he, he had a fire for, for the Lord like I've never seen before. It 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 was it was black church in a white church. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, he he had no qualm about bringing his predisposition of what he'd learned in black church to this white church and he was loved for it. Yeah, absolutely. And oh man, that that's just, that that is the direct contrast to the story I just told. Well, and one reflects community mm-hmm. and, the and other. one reflects a gathering. Yep. And mm. what did Jesus say in John 17? I'm going to look this up. Exactly what Jesus says. And, you know, I never, my friend Dana Davis got me on this text several years ago. Dana's a good guy. Because he, like, it was a mantra for him. It It was like, it was like he he kept harping on this text like this is who we have to be this is who we have to be because community is what people are craving it's what people want and we've missed it like we just haven't been there it's a place where we've dropped the ball Yeah, so here it is. John 17, verse 20. I ask not only on behalf of these, the disciples, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I've given them so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Yeah, Um, fantastic. There is one thing that I want to say and. recently this prayer has been stuck in my mind Um, because this is how we make the church a community. Um, This is a prayer um, attributed to St. Francis. Um, I 
made a post about it when this episode comes out. Uh, I made a post about it um, last Wednesday. Um, for us, it was this morning. Um, and this prayer reads, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life.